Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Back to the Largcast. We are fresh off the heels of Father's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw a comedian talking recently. He said Father's Day is the twentieth most celebrated holiday in the country, and um, Arbor Day is ahead of Father's Day. Hmm. Halloween's okay. number six. Okay. All right. Halloween. Christmas, Christmas is number one. Mother's Day, number two. Halloween, six. And Arbor Day comes before dads. So oak trees before dads. Yes. Yes. I don't understand that, though. I feel like there's a it's lot pretty of wild. podcast on. It's pretty it's wild. It's sad, man. man. It is sad. Got them moms way up there at the top, bro. Well, mom's crush it, dude. Jesus, mama. Jesus, mama always loved me. (laughs) I have some friends who their mom kind of abandoned their family. But the chances of it being the dad are a lot higher. Yeah, that's very true. Very sad. And I'm glad that we're beginning on this somber note. (laughs) Yes, it's very somber. (laughs) Normally... Normally, I'm like a lot light. It's a lot light. I was all in a good mood, and I'm like over here feeling (laughs) Thanks, bro. Thanks. I kind of went. I kind of went. You know, zero dark thirty there. Um, but but we are fresh. You brought us back. Father's Day. We are fresh off the heels of Father's Day, and I had a great Father's Day. It was it was fantastic. The best thing I got was the was the notes. I didn't I didn't really get a I didn't really get a gift this year, but um I got some really nice cards from the kids. Oh dude, that's awesome. My kids are spread out, so my oldest got me a very fine bottle of uh Irish whiskey. Thirteen year. It was uh it's a nice gift, man, for me to enjoy. My daughter, she's she's on that sentimental side, so she gave me a keychain, made me cry. And uh couple other things man one thing that she she got me that i had to laugh about which you'll laugh about i'm sitting here at my desk this little makeshift office i've got that's still coming together and i've got a little thing that's plugged into the wall that heats my coffee keeps my coffee cup warm little coffee warmer little coffee warmer and then my six-year-old got me this cup says best farter ever oops i met father yeah that's a great one and dude he was like busting at the seams, bro. And trying not what? to tell me what this gift was. I've heard every day for like two weeks straight, dad, when you see this present, I got you. Oh my God. <laughs> Wanted to give it to you as soon as you woke up. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't wait three minutes, man. And I couldn't even open it because he was opening it to give it to me. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, man. And I don't, I happy mean, Father's be- Day. 
Yeah. Seeing that I met you um, probably right around now in 2014. So that's nine what, years ago. Nine years of being your friend. I would, I mean, I would say you're the best farter ever. For sure. Well, I appreciate that, dude. A lot of road trips, a lot of farting with the windows, you know, up in a confined, in confined spaces. Yep. Um, I've Especially when I'm driving of, and I can I accidentally maliciously life. lock the windows. <laughs> You're up there, dude. You're up there. You got them stinky pipes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just, you know, we, we all got to be good at something, man. And my whole life like, as an adult in the church world was all about, you know, discovering your gifts, man, honing your gifts. You know, you really want to bring like your A game to the table. And being a Southern kid, man, who grew up in a food house, just figured, dude, this, this is my lane, man. It's my yeah. lane. So episode 99 of the Larkast, you want to just make a hard shift into just the epidemic of fatherlessness? You want to get back to the beginning of this or go with what, I don't. what we determined <laughs> that we were going to talk about? I mean, it is a real thing, and uh, we, we could probably get into that conversation in the, in the future. Just to show you how religious we are in our nature, I know we were totally just joking about that, but as soon as you brought up, like, do you want to make a hard shift? I'm like inside, I'm like immediately going through this <laughs> toil. Well, if we, if I say no <laughs> to diving into this needed conversation, I mean, are, are we, are we backing away, man, from, from what we should be pressing into? Mm. Are we being lukewarm in this? Mm. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there's like that immediate, like, yeah. like that, dude. And then, of course, hopefully, I've, I've learned enough over the years that I can hear from the spirit and it, within those milliseconds, you know what I mean? I'm just, yes, I'm just spitballing here, but I'm being honest. Like, it's, it's the, so tricky, man. Like, how the you're so I, free, but you're so religious at the same time. I call it the neurosis of the free. Yeah. And it's a, it's a thing. And, um, who, who even has it even worse than that is it's the neurosis of the newly free. And that's something that, <clears throat> so just to preface this, um, we thought we'd hop on here for episode 99 because we didn't want to move on to, we have a couple of ideas on where we're going to take the Larkast and we're pretty excited about those, but we didn't want to. Um, jump immediately into kind of like a new conversation and a new approach um, because we have something very special planned for episode 100, which is the very next episode. And so mm. we are, we're planning. Um, we have some, some neat things scheming. in store. We're scheming. Um, we're not promising. It's going to be amazing, but it, as we thought about it, it's a pretty special idea to us. And we hope that you're encouraged by it. So episode 100 is coming up. We want to make a big deal about that. And we also thought there was a lot of merit to hopping on here in this episode and just having some kind of, you know, post-game thoughts, some Monday morning quarterback and on our conversation through Reclaim. Because we've written Reclaim. Um, it's done. It's finished. It's a book that you can purchase. Um, but 
as the authors, it's not like we're not on this journey along with you too. Like we wrote about these things because these things have been the most impactful things to us. These things have been so important to us because they're things that have brought, you know, life and, and challenge and, and freedom to us as well. So we are going to have a conversation kind of like a post game conversation on reclaim just some things that we're continuing to think about continuing to wrestle with new discoveries um, in light of these things or the fresh ways that reclaim has encouraged us. So that is this episode. That is it. That's where we go, man. So if you've been tracking with us, if you grabbed a copy of reclaim and you read through it, or if this is the first time you're hearing this, feel free to go to larksite.com, grab a copy of that. But I would say some the phrase, man, that you just used probably hits it easiest. Hits it best. It's that the you know, the neurosis of the newly free. Mm-hmm. If if we had a dollar for every person over the years that has gone through this journey and came to us and said, you just put language to how I've always felt, but I could never articulate or really defend from the scriptures, allowing me the freedom to go really jump into life with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I feel like we'd be, uh, we, we, we would be some rich men. And I love that. Um, but I've also seen over the years that the journey is is beautiful and it's, you know, you could say it's biblical, you could say it's simple, um, but man, it can be really challenging in the in the beginning because you, you kind of don't know what to do with a thought that I just, you know, just a few minutes ago expressed. You, you, you wrestle because you have so much of your life is typically built on a a ladder that's forever in front of you of what should be and all mm-hmm. these shoulds that you should be doing. And then of course, you know, with the church world just makes that ladder even higher for some reason, which is really ironic seeing how it's talking about Jesus. Um, and then of course our inevitable failure to keep all the plates spinning comes right. All the shame. And that you sort of like live with this like framework in your mind of shame and should. This has been my experience and, you know, lots of conversations, man, traveling over the years. But you start to grab on some freedom within that. You start to see it more clearly. But that framework's still there. Like it doesn't it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, in some places, we've written about it almost like like an addiction, like religious addiction. You know, <laughs> it's like. And so you're, yes. you, you hear Absolutely. this good news and you want to go walk in these new things, but there's this perpetual framework that's like always feels like it's at war in your mind. And I, I feel like over time as the spirit of God continues to teach us, life gets um, easier than that. But man, the mm-hmm. beginning, like coming out of these truths for the first time, if that's you who's listening. Yeah. There's a, what's the word that you, you used earlier? Like a, was it a gauntlet or something? You know what I'm saying? In the beginning, this, this chasm that's like, man, here we go. Yeah. You're really thrown into, you know, it, it's kind of like a, you know, a theological crisis, a practical crisis, a, you know, mental, whatever you're just, you're, you're wrapping your head around um, this, this freedom that you heard about. Mm-hmm. 
you he probably even told others about it. Yep. Um, but didn't really understand it. And up until, you know, like when I when I first met you and started wrestling through some of these things, I think I was at I think I was at the point where I was um discovering the impossibility of it all. That the burden to be the church in Northwest Indiana and make this impact and all yep. this stuff. And, you know, we're going to like get all these small groups doing this and Chicago man, gonna, as it is in heaven, we're going to serve <laughs> and, you know, and you were just so honed in on discipleship and all the stuff that, you know, you just expected everybody to do because it's good and it's biblical and it's right. And it should be, it ought to be because it's in the scriptures. And then I'm just over here being honest with myself. Like, dude, I don't, I'm not good at any of this. I don't do any of these things, none of it. And now being on the opposite side where, you know, I'm not in full-time ministry. I'm an actual business owner, you know, with a full-time job of family. And then I'm also trying to flesh out the neighbor community. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I still have a, I still have a heart for everyone around me and I'm always down to have the conversation of Jesus and would love the opportunity to disciple anyone. Honestly, dude, the, uh, the amount of stuff we put on people, the expectation church leaders had, right? So there's, there's that thing, but I just discovered the impossibility of it all. And I just was kind of like prime for that conversation. Mm. Um, I was, I had like for a really, really long time lived in the illusion that my list mattered, you know, maybe like Paul back when he thought that all his circumcision on the eighth day and the tribe he was born to and how yeah. well he was performing according to the law meant something. Um, you know, I was. You know, I was, I was right on, right on that brink. And I remember it being, I remember being such good news for me, but I remember I really clinged on um, to some of these ideas early on because I knew it would be good news for my neighbors. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I really, really want to share that. But what I discovered was that kind of put me into a crisis because now all the, what, what felt so good and so right with all these oughts and all these shoulds, I was kind of free from the weight of that, but I didn't know how to interact with it anymore. And so yeah, you're dealing with it. like, it, it really is a neurosis in that it, it can get really dark sometimes wrestling mm -hmm. through wrestling through your freedom. And I think it's why the, the Galatians were, were probably so prone um, or susceptible to being bewitched is because what runs deep in our heads and our hearts is the tension that you described, you know, talking yeah. about the fatherlessness thing. Um, our world is religious. Our churches are religious. The law is baked into everything. And there's that subtle, quiet, one voice in the world you know, maybe you have a little bit louder voice if you have good community around you, but I would suspect that you'll probably feel a, a very lonely in this journey that's telling you you're free. And it's probably not a lot of people, 
you know, do that. Everyone's pulling you in this direction and that direction. Yeah. And, and it feels so good to just grab onto things that are true and right and just jump into it and, and, you know, and really give yourself over to that in like a, you know, religious way, because then you're like, ah, like the tension's removed. I'm checking the boxes. I'm doing the do, you know? Mm. Um, and so it really, it really is, man. It's like, um, you know, um, when you grab on to freedom, inevitably you're going to misuse it because you're playing with yeah. something, you know, for the first time that you've never had. It's like my son, um, you know, when he first got his license, I got a new truck and I gave him my um, old 2007 Acura TL. It's got a V6 in it. It's pretty quick. And months later, you know, he told me this. He was like, dad, he's like, I got that thing up to 120 miles an hour on a back road right by our house. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, dude, he goes, no, this is what he said to me. He goes, he goes, dude, I've never been more scared in my life. Like it just mm -hmm. freaked me. It just freaked me out. And it's like that, you know? And so, especially for uh, here, I'll just be honest. You know, I first started grabbing onto freedom and my wife, Pam was really struggling with it like big time. So whenever this freedom, right, we tried to create community around this freedom or like these ideas around this freedom. And whenever anyone would, would push back on it, it would create tension and conversation. It was almost kind of like for Pam, it was like, you know, evidence that this isn't right. It's not good. This shouldn't be creating this much tension. There should be like more like encouragement around the conversation of Jesus. And then I would be like, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, man, am I, am I getting it wrong? Or I would do something like, let's say I would be like, you know, more pursuing my freedom in, you know, maybe socially or, um, you know, partying or drinking or something like that. And I would go a little bit too far. And she's like, see, See, like it's, you know, like it, like this doesn't work. It's this isn't, this isn't it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we can laugh about it now because we've come, you know, a long ways. And yeah, you know, you know Pam's a lot different and I'm a lot different. And, um, and we, um, if she was here, you know, she would have a lot of good things to say about this. But getting used to being free, um, it's, it, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Yeah. It, it takes a while, man, to get to a place where you go, all right, me running off in different directions and pursuing things that can be harmful, hurtful. Um, that's not a problem with the with God or a problem with the with the fact that he set me free in mm -hmm. his son. Past tense, done, finished. Right. Right. It's a it's me pursuing something in my freedom that's hurtful, harmful, points to something entirely different. Yes. Right? It points to other things that I've grabbed on that I believe. Other, right, trauma in my life it could be. Other things that I'm still carrying that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to escape from or overcompensate for. There's a variety of things. And to me, that all, all of it really goes back to uh, Reclaim One for me which going back through that dude was like a big kind of aha reminder. Yeah. It's um, like my, my buddy. Like we, could, we could probably write an entire reclaim book just on reclaim one. 
go after after going through the book of John like we did, dude, on, on this podcast mm-hmm. and then jumping into that, it was like, what? Oh my, I mean, talk about such a limited understanding that I was still carrying mm. in who this Jesus is that yeah. set us free. And, um, but dude, I'm with you, man. Like you, you, you run amok, man. Like you, just like anybody, right? We, we take something that's good and beautiful and make some bad decisions with it. And then we go, see, see this freedom thing. And you guys are totally alone in that. No couples ever dealt with that before, bro. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, but dude, we would, Russ remembers, we, would ha- we would, ha- we would hash it out. We would hash it out right in the kitchen in front of 40 other people. You know, you, and, you two arguing, <laughs> oh, dude, Pam and I constantly. Well, that's what you get. That's what you get when you got two firstborns, you know. Yeah. Um, I told together. you this doesn't work. No, it does. You're just religious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so patient, you know, so patient, so kind in those early days. Oh, um, dude. It's we like my buddy, tough, man. my buddy Mike said, like, you know, like when you got a caged lion. If you set that thing free, it's probably going to eat a person the first thing it does. Like, that's what it's going to do. It's going to maul a human being. Someone's yeah. going to lose their life. Um, yeah. And it's very, it's very much like that. Freedom. People talk about grace and freedom like it is this flowery, hallmarkish idea. And you will never have something more violently beautiful that you wrestle with in terms of how you relate to yourself, how God relates to you and how you relate to other people and how God relates to other people. Um, It will not allow you to be comfortable in any camp or ideology. In fact, I have found that the word exile to describe the church and the world I feel like that is is more true of me now than ever. Yeah. Because I don't find a home in the left or the right or the middle or anything. The only no. thing that makes sense to me anymore is Jesus and that he doesn't allow he doesn't allow you to be safe any other place other than other than him. No. Yeah, any other form of identity or sense of security, man. Yep. Will will let you down yes it it just will um you will let the people down in whatever tribe you're trying to defend and they will let you down and from what we've seen over especially over the last few years um they will straight up cut your throat hang you out dry if you miss the mark (laughs) jesus won't but you're right man it's um when he is lord there's something so freeing and beautiful about it, but at the same time, so trying in a world filled with people who are all trying to be Lord. Hmm. Right. I mean, if we get back to the garden, it's, it's pretty simple. You've got a humanity that's trying to overcome their humanity. They think that's the problem. That's what they need to overcome. And then you fast forward to this God who created us, himself becomes flesh reclaim one that's what i'm saying like going back through that again was so refreshing to me and just being reminded that when we think about the father and what he's really like and all the breakdowns that we have of you know of of fatherly images you know in and around us 
we don't have to fear because this Jesus that we're all clinging to and going, this is the one, right? Guess what? He's the image of the invisible God. Mm -hmm. He is what the father's like. He's doing what the father's doing. Mm -hmm. So when you see Jesus washing feet and willingly dying on a cross at the hands of our religion, just to convince us of the death that our religion brings. When you think about that, dude, well, guess what? That's what our dad's like. Yeah. The one thing in it's so true. And, and I think that I think about that a lot too. Jesus's insistence and constant reminding in almost every conversation that he knows the father, he's from the father, right? He's yeah. got this insight, dude, I've seen the father me and the father are one i've come from the father i only do what he's doing i only (laughs) say what he's saying his insistence there um that i feel like the way i was brought up was jesus was for sure a footnote to a version or a camp of theology and jesus's words were always um you know, kind of like used as proof verses, you know, in camps of theology that mostly came from, you know, epistles and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, man, like even just those few parables we get into and reclaim, um, the Pharisee and the tax collector, the two yeah. sons, or, you know, the prodigal son, I was able to share, I, I had the opportunity to share that parable at a, a little fire, a little driveway fire uh, with my neighbors this past weekend. Really cool Love opportunity. That. And it sparked some really good, good conversation with some friendships that are, are kind of like evolving, Um, <clears throat> which is really, really cool. But man, just his insight into what the father's like, when you, when you say, dude, this is really truly about at the core, it's finished. And then you say, Jesus, what he's really doing is helping us to give us his eyes for what Mm -hmm. the father is like. When you pair, it is finished. He does the work. It's not about us doing anything at all. Just receiving a reality that's been under our nose before we were even born. God made up his mind about us. God so loved the world. That's past tense and out of which out of that love comes the sending of his son. And then also just him in vivid ways, um, helping us have his eyes for the father. That'll unlock the parables for you right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll, it'll bring a sense of it. To me, it brings a, a sense of freedom in that this, this humanity that I have that I think is a problem that I need to overcome from Adam and Eve to us today is a lie. My humanity is not a problem to overcome. My frailty is not a problem to overcome. Um, That's not God saying, go make dumb decisions, right? I salute you. It's him saying, yes, I made you and gave you this free will. And with that, you can make dumb decisions. He's not saying do it. He's just saying it's possible. But don't confuse that, right? Driving 120 down the road, well, now I'm out. 
But if you don't drive 120, well, then I'm in. Or that because you drove 120, there must be a problem with me. Or there's a big problem with the freedom that I gave you. Yeah. No, there's something else that, you know what I mean? Here. Right. And so I was kind of tying all this together for me in my head is like, it's just realizing him becoming flesh was him becoming the very thing that I think I need to overcome. And saying, let me show you what dependence looks like. Let me show you what a life of faith actually looks like, because this is freedom mm. to free fall in the father's embrace and to know that you're loved and you're held. Rush, you don't have an identity that you need apart from me. Mm. That's why all of them, that's why they always break down on all the various things, right? That we put it in. You don't need a sense of security beyond me. Mm -hmm. um, there's seeing that through this, you know what I mean? Like, Jesus being the image of the invisible God and all that we read about in reclaim that comes from that. It just, it really brings in this like assurance, I guess you could say it brings in a peace that surpasses understanding as the scriptures say. Hmm. And well, it, to get to the point where Paul says, I boast in my weakness. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I, only a free person can say that. Yeah. We're shameful of our weaknesses. Paul's we boasting in his. And I think that's why we're constantly trying to overcome them. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, in this fear of losing control. It's like, man, we we have, you know, the should camp and all the things that we need to pursue, or you get, like we were talking about earlier, or the shame camp. It's like every week is about, you know, being reminded that you're a POS and, but Jesus loves you and this in grace saved you. Dude, it's taken me 24 years, 25 years as a believer now. This summer will be 25 years ago I became a believer in Jesus. This summer will be 23 for me. And it's taken me this long, man, to realize that uh, grace didn't save me. Jesus did. Yep. As a person yep. is the object of my faith, the unseen, right, risen king that I mysteriously live in and lives in me. The one who's brought me into the Trinitarian faith at that table for life mm -hmm. here and forever. Mm -hmm. He did this. Yes. His love is scandalous. His yes. grace is reckless. Yes. So I'm not undermining that. I'm just saying it's, if you're not careful, you can wind up worshiping grace, no different than you wind up worshiping your get it together list. Oh, I'm with they're, you. They're both 100%. means to not have to live in freedom is what I'm getting yeah. at. Yep. And that gauntlet is kind of working through that because you're sh like, depending on which camp you came from, you're kind of learning to, to embrace like, yeah, you're a human. You're going to be doing, we're not in any way saying don't do things uh -huh. or the police for what you're doing or why you're doing it as much as we're helping you see why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And finding the freedom to just be and do whatever you see the father doing. Mm -hmm. Go run in it. Don't, and don't for a second think this is, this is somehow making you lovable or keeping you in the tribe or proving that you're in. Grace is opposed to earning and effort because it needs neither. Mm -hmm. It needs neither, never has, never will. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you're not free to go do it actually means you're free to go do. <laughs> yeah. 
and you're going to hit bumps and you're going to, you know, maybe be at a party and you, you should have stopped after two beers and hopefully you'll learn from that. Like, yeah, things just don't seem to go well if you keep going, right. but don't think that freedom was the problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or that, yep. or, or, or that God was somehow, you know, off his game in this. Well, it's like, we're, we're so infatuated with things that work. Does it work? It's a good way to put it. Um, because I think we all want to fix ourselves. We want to overcome our humanity. So whether it's, you know, pills I can take to get my gut right or a membership that I can, you know, jump into that's going to make my belly fat or my butt not be flabby, you know, or whatever. We just want to, we want to fix ourselves. We want to fix our trauma. We want to fix our families. We want to fix our finances. We want to fix our cars. We want to fix our wardrobe. We want to fix our hair because I don't like how I'm thinning out. We want to just fix. Yep. And the declaration of the gospel is you're just, you're loved and included. Cause I made you and I love you and I'm your dad. And I needed yep. to go freaking send my son you know, so you can have in vivid terms. Um, the contours and the shape of this love that I've had for you before you were born. Dude, man, that first Timothy passage, like the grace that was given to us before the beginning of time. Yeah, it's great. But has now been revealed, revealed. as in later on in the coming of the Messiah, our mm -hmm. Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm who brings us into this union. I mean, dude, you're talking like two verses. I think it's like first Timothy chapter one was like verse nine and 10. It's like, <gasps> what? Yep. yep. Like he's, that's what he's like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't, I do. I just, I don't, I don't think I'll ever get over. It. I hope I never do. Dude, go back again and read Ephesians one, just as a non Calvinist for just God's love for the world. Oh man, that's so funny. You brought that up. I was just did that last Thursday in a, in a, <laughs> in a conversation with a, with a dude who's coming out of that world and looking at these passages, man, it's like a God who actually loves the cosmos. Go back and read just Ephesians a few. one. Yeah. As how just a general person would just share good news with their neighbor, mm. not someone who just went through the church membership class. <laughs> um oh, oh man it's, it's so dope yeah it's so dope but anyways we're always wanting to fix ourselves and i think we think grace is going to be well first of all that's we how we approach church and god in general is we want to get you know fixed and that's how most people approach or if they come back to the church they probably had a positive interaction with the church in their background and so church to them is a safe place. Usually they end up getting like married or starting to have kids. And then they think like, Holy crap, man, like life is hard. And you know, yep. like dude, we're going through these challenges. So we got to come back and um, you know, they I'm gonna go they to hell if do I don't it. fix these babies. They want to root. They want to do it right. And they feel responsible for like doing the parenting thing. Right. And, and again, dude, I'm not saying that there's not any benefits at all. Like just for people to not be lonely and have community and find friends and a sense of belonging. Yeah. Like I do honestly, man, like I celebrate that. Like, I think that that's great just on a practical level. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that God's not there either. 
at all. Yeah, I think he's in all places. Would, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, we would be blaspheming if we said that. Yeah. We would find ourselves like the Pharisees, you know, like. Um, That's what's crazy, man. Is even God the, isn't. Horrible situations, bad places, prisons. You know, church gatherings, man, that are just, you know, putting yokes around people's necks, dude. It's like horrible places, prisons, gangs, <laughs> back alleys, church services. Well, I'm being honest. Let's, dude, I'm like 100%. You know, somebody was asking me the other day, like, you know, where do, you know, I, we checked out 38 places and, you know, nice people and friendly and cool community. But, dude, every week I feel like the dude on the stage just undoes the actual good news, you know? My point is, yes, I know. And you don't have to be there. But if you are, what the crazy thing is, God's still there. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy, man, when you think about it? But what I'm, I guess my longer thought, which I probably should have got to quicker, um, is that a lot of times when you discover your freedom and the grace that is in Jesus Christ, um, it doesn't, it doesn't fix. It doesn't fix. And some people think that it's broken because it doesn't fix. Yeah. That it's supposed to work like that. You're supposed to be fixed. And I'll tell you, like, I had sort of like a Paul-ish transformation. It was kind of pretty noticeable. And it was from the heart because I had tried a lot of times through externals and religion to really become a different person or through reading my Bible and praying, become a different person. And it just never worked. And I always went back to the same old toilet and rebellion. And it was twice as worse as the time before, you know, me trying. Um, it came from the heart. And what I realized was as I shared my story, I was really happy about that. But for all the people who didn't experience that, or maybe like their stories was were more like the disciples, where it's like three years close, really tight, you know, and then mm -hmm. at the end of it all, they're still asking the same dumbass questions, you know, <laughs> like they don't have any, like this, yeah. it's just this like slow burn and slow discovery, not this like overnight kind of thing, like like Paul experienced. Um, my story was like, it, dude, it was like condemnation to them because mm -hmm. they're like, well, that hasn't happened to me. Why hasn't that happened to me? Yeah. So it, re it really does like just reveal that re religious moralism, man. It's just that self-sufficiency that runs in our veins. Why isn't that story mine? My story must be a problem. How do I, right? make that story mine well or how do i make your story inferior so that mine can remain what it is yeah. you can kind of go at it from two different angles sure but it's man it's just that knee-jerk reaction in us is like i want control i'm not feeling in control <laughs> and then you start taking your next steps from there and I guess the longer I live into this thing, the longer I'm convinced, the more I'm convinced, I guess you could say, that that, that addiction isn't going anywhere. I think it's just part of human nature. You know, it's like AA, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. 
uh, not being an alcoholic is not an option. Living sober is. And I think that's kind of us, right? The, the, the sinful nature of self-reliance runs in our veins. Hmm. So you could safely say, like, once a sinner, always a sinner, at least on this side of the veil. I don't mean once a dog kicker, always a dog kicker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, as much as I'm saying, like, no, yeah, the self-reliant nature in you is what I'm getting at. The, the capital the, S. Sin. The core of it all. Yes. The core of it all. The thing that runs deep. The, the part of us that wants to be our own sovereign. That's not going the, anywhere. And the sneaky ways in which it expresses itself, both religiously and irreligiously, in rebellion yes. and in righteousness, it's not going away. No. So living sober is your option. And by sober, I mean like by faith, living in the joy of the reality that in Jesus you live and dwell. You move and have your being at the table with the Trinity. That's you right now. That's me right now. And then learning to live in that freedom because we are as free as Jesus is free. That's what's in front of us. And I think what we do together is helping each other see these truths and keep reminding and encouraging each other in these truths so that we can keep living sober, man. It's, um, you know, you, you, you can make a case, dude, for, for the, the church by the definition that we bring up in brief, like being a, a recovery, it's a, it's a recovery ministry <laughs> for the world. It's a bunch of addicts learning to live in the sober reality of Jesus who are inviting other addicts to come live in the sober reality of Jesus. Yep. That's the journey. And yes, the first part of that is, is is the hardest, man. That initial gauntlet of being free and then learning to really embrace that and, and live into that. Everything around you is going to say, that doesn't work. The pragmatism, man, around you is going to constantly push you for what works. Yep. Yeah, and when, yes, and we're infatuated with sanctification and change and transformation. Yeah, I the think that's why reclaim four and five are my favorite. Keep going. The goal of being a Christian is to being Christ-like, Christ-like every yeah. day, more and more, Christ-like, up and to the right, up and to the right. <laughs> Say it again. Moving, <laughs> up and to the right. right. Oh, my gosh. I will freaking punch somebody, dude. That's sanctification. I got a full-blown, full-blown fight with a leader dude that used to be at this you know church i used to go to and i hadn't seen the son in a while and i i i knew that he had a bit of a estranged relationship with this particular son mm. and i went up to him and i was just like man it's just so cool to see your son here like man you got to be really proud you know just some things going on in his, in his life and i think maybe in a subtle way i was kind of like encouraging him you know yeah. I was like, man, it was just good to see him. Gave him a big hug. He was, and here's his response. He goes, yeah. Kind of wish he would talk about Jesus more though. And I'm like, there it is, dude. That, that, that statement seems on the surface. Happy Father's Day. Good. Right. Yeah. Biblical. It fits in the category of should and ought. You have no idea, dude, 
you have no idea that it's that religious posture of yeah. the shoulds and the oughts that Damn, is probably that at the root of what you think his problem is. Yes. That's why I laughed and said, happy Father's Day. Sad, it's, bro. It The impact, man, that it has is you just you can't even begin to wrap your mind around it. Yeah. It's that fast. It's that deep. But um, the good news is the darkness has come, but the light overcomes it, always has. And his name is Jesus, and he is in and among us and present. And, mm -hmm. dude, I love the truest man that we got at in this reclaimed journey. And it's just been cool, cool conversation, man, just to be able to take a second and reflect on some of those insights and thoughts, things that are brewing, right? As you can tell, listening to you and I share, like you can still tell like things that are ruminating, man. <laughs> things you're still thinking and working through and fleshing out and amen for it. Yeah. So, but before we hop off of here, a couple quick things. One, episode 100 is coming up next week. Next episode. So stay tuned, folks. Number two, there is a brand new resource dropping this week at larkside.com. Let's go. So it is free. It is an ebook that's coming out. Um, a short read, something you can read. And when I say like a short book, I mean like you can read it in 20 minutes. I love it. It's a fun little read, man. Pointed, punchy, helpful, encouraging. Title of it is The Difference Between Jesus and Religion. It's not going to answer every question, but man, that's a great resource, dude, to really just to be just to come into that conversation and start kind of seeing it for what it is and some of the differences that we just don't we just don't see because of our nature. So anyhow, if you're new to us, if that's a conversation for you or something you want to even pass on to other people, go to larkside.com. All you got to do is just subscribe down at the bottom. That's how that's how it's going out. It's going to be free to everybody who subscribes. So love it. Anyhow, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Pick it up. It's got a killer design, designed by the one known as Russell sure. Russell Johnson. <laughs> nice little creative outlet for you. You showed it to me. I thought it was awesome. It was, so, it was therapeutic, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was handing it off to somebody to do it, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna do this one because yeah, I could use. I'm proud of you. I could use a couple of days of work where my brain could take a take a break. Yeah, and it was it was encouraging, man. So thanks for the, thanks for the shout out on that. It's a fun little read, though, man. And like you said, it looks cool. Enjoy. Till next time. Yeah, man. Peace. Cheers.